Alright, 3, 2, 1, let's go. Welcome back to the second episode of Press Release. As per usual, and especially... Come on, stop. <laughs> so breaking apart. Dude, this is more than I can handle. Alright, 3, 2, 1, let's go. Welcome back to the second episode of Press Release with your host, Prabin. Rohan and Soham. As per usual, and especially before this episode, we would encourage your healthy skepticism towards what we are saying, and to, again, please do your own research about the topic at hand. This episode, we're discussing the rise of conspiracy theories during this pandemic. But before we get into that, we have to mention that we aren't promoting or supporting any of the conspiracy theories we present today. Rather, are having a light-hearted discussion on them, and the concept of conspiracy theories in general. Yeah, so I think it's best to start this conversation by talking about, you know, how conspiracy theories manifest. And I was reading this very interesting, like, transcript of a podcast, actually, where they interviewed um, a political science professor named Eric Oliver at the University of Chicago, who's been studying conspiracy theories for um, for over a decade, right? And he sort of has devised a basic test about whether or not certain people are more prone to um, being affected by conspiracy theories or not. And I was wondering if you guys want to take the test real quick with me. I'm completely down to do that. Sure, that sounds good. Yeah, so... Um, like the first, the first question is that just say the first thing that comes to your mind, right? Would you st- rather stab a photograph of your family five times with a sharp knife or stick your hand in a bowl of cockroaches? I'd stab the photograph. Uh, I'm not risking my hand. Yeah, I, I'm not about that life. I'd rather stab the photograph. Would you rather sleep in laundered pajamas once worn by Charles Manson? Or pick a nickel off the ground and put it in your mouth. I'd wear the pajamas, like pajamas. Uh, I especially during Corona, not risking anything in my mouth, man. Off the ground, <laughs> anything near the face, yeah. and uh... yeah, and also mad sentence to say. And would you rather spend a night in a dingy bus station or spend the night in a luxurious house where a family was once murdered? Uh. I'm sure the murder happened a long time ago, man. I'll sleep in a luxurious house any day. Don't care who was killed. Don't care who was born there. Dude, hell no, bro. I am out. I am going to be staying at the bus station. I don't want to be murdered. Interesting. (laughs) So, interesting. So, do you guys, like, understand the point of me asking these questions? Um, not really, but I would love to know. (laughs) So... Really, the notion that this guy, Eric Oliver, or Dr. Eric Oliver, is trying to say is that there really are two types of thinking, right? A rationalist thinking and an intuition-based thinking, right? A rational thinking is what you'd normally see. It's a very transparent way of thinking, right? And most people who like rely mainly on the rational side of their brain. I think that's at least from what I got out of the podcast was that 
they're less prone to conspiracy theories. And the reason why I say the people who rely more on their intuition are more prone to conspiracy theories is because the way because of the way that um, intuition is really described, right? Because intuition is fundamentally an emotion, right? Like if you really think about, you know, when you were a kid, right? And you were really afraid in your bedroom at night. You some some kids think that there's like a monster, monster in the closet. I used to feel like there might be un, something under my bed. I didn't really have a real reason to like fear why there was something under my bed. It was just there, right? It was it was like a sort of emotional intuition, right? And in a in that sense, right? A lot of people who are anxious about the situation turn to these conspiracy theories. And at the same time, you know, there's another type of intuition, right? A, a more heuristic intuition. So the reason mm -hmm. I asked you these questions was to gauge your heuristic intuition. Because what's been found is that some people who are religious have this sort of um, contagion phobia, right? Where mm -hmm. they feel like if they touch something that's sinful or that's been tainted, they don't really want to touch it either because they feel like they'll be tainted and they need to be cleansed that's why like if you stab your family you feel like you might or like sorry not stab your families stab the photo of your family <laughs> Yo, <that'd be> mine. <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you stab the photo of your family it's like it just feels bad to you at the same time wearing pajamas that were once worn by like a serial killer charles manson yeah. you know it it feels like you need to be like cleansed of that because of what's happened. You know, okay. who's worn um, it. So what I want to understand, like quite an interesting theory to put forward. And um, do you think that this is a kind of a debate on people using rationality versus a more emotional, intuitive form of uh, thinking? So like, uh, I'll give you the example of like MMA for example like I was literally right before this podcast I was watching a Conor McGregor interview where he talks about the fact that he actually views a fight through rationale and he refers to the fight he had with Jose Aldo which if you don't know is the fastest knockout in a title match 13 seconds and the reason why he claims he won is because he came in with a rational mindset because he was looking at every move through rationality, whereas Jose Aldo was looking at it through a more emotional perspective. And this emotional perspective is what led him to, you know, overcommitting his punches, overcommitting the technique. So do you think it's the the parallel can be driven into how people understand uh, what's happening around them, where they have either a rational way of understanding and computing what's happening around them versus a more intuitive, emotionally driven way of computing and understanding what's happening around them. So my perspective on this is that everyone has a sort of fundamental system of beliefs, you know, yeah. this sort of notion, which like, which they sort of ground their reality in, right? The note, the very idea of intuition is something that, you know, makes sense to you, you know, right. inherently, you know, I think mm -hmm. that intuition is very much based on your experiences, the way that you've grown up, you know the type of people you've met and interacted with and, you know, what you've learned from those experiences and those people, hmm. you know. And I think that the people who we supposedly call rational, 
right? Yeah. Are also relying on this sort of, are, are sort of, are still sort of relying on this intuition, right? Of what makes sense to them. You know, mm. it's just that the people, the people who are like, let's say religious, right? Have a different notion of what intuition is, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that now that we've sort of talked a little bit about, you know, why conspiracy wait, theories wait, wait, come wait, wait. up. Before we move on, Soham, do you want to yeah. add anything? I'm sure you do. Well, um, sure. I think I, I agree with what both of you just said. Um, I think that our intuition, obviously people's intuitions, intuition changes from one person to another. Um, I really like, your example of Conor McGregor, how Conor differences McGregor is between... quite clear. He works for everything. I, I agree <laughs> with that. I, I like Conor McGregor. <laughs> but I think um, having a more rational approach to everything does generally make it easier. But the question is, as humans, it's not always possible to have a rational approach to everything. Um, and I think conspiracy theories just showcase that right um so before we move on i just want to add something when we talk about rationality and at least my opinion on rationality is that so i'm someone who i mean yes this can be considered over analyzation but i don't think that is any form of true rationale and by that what i mean is that um at any given point there is no individual who is truly rational because of the fact that at every decision is based on prior experiences and all your prior experiences are always understood through it's like a cycle right you understand new experiences and then those new experiences turn into prior experiences which you further uh, keep into consideration when you go through something else or you receive new knowledge so so i think i anyway uh, so i think there is really no concept of true rationale and i could be wrong here like and i'm sure like there is pure logic but I don't think humans are capable of pure logic. I think that's no, really I, interesting. Yeah. I mean, so are you saying yeah. that um, rationality is subjective? Definitely. I definitely think rationality is subjective. And I, I think right. that there is a huge form in which rationality has been driven to be what science agrees with and what can be sci- scientifically, which I you, you, you listeners can't see, but I put scientifically in quotes because... I again scientifically is a way of analyzing and a method of understanding something which may or may not be right so again like I think rationality at least for me is not a pure logic but rather more a scientific approach to understanding stuff okay but that's your understanding of rationality yeah, yeah. yes that's what mm-hmm. you're saying right the fact yeah. that a person who's not you could have a different approach for sure. to and, rationality to the notion of rationality and i i would okay um i just want to say that like uh, machiavelli um hobbes and all these like political philosophers taking kant and um all these fancy philosophers which you hear about they go in depth about rationality and it's very interesting and i would encourage everyone to read because like it's not just politics it's they they really dive into what rationality is and how rationality some argue is not rational whereas some argue that there is pure logic and pure reasoning which is very interesting 
if we talk about uh, Immanuel Kant for that example in his work The Metaphysics of Morals or something like that, I can't remember the exact name. Uh, shout out to my history prof for making me read it for an assignment, which I hated, but cool. I know this knowledge now. Uh, he talks about how there is a baseline where things are truly rational and there is a method of reaching this baseline. Uh, again, can't go into detail about it right now because A, it will take very long and B, I do not have the notes and the right information in front of me, but something which everyone should refer to in the background, uh, which is quite interesting to talk about because I still think it is his belief of what rationality should be and where rationality should stem from. So I think like people's belief on what rationality is drives rationality rather than logic and like a rational opinion yeah like their their sort of intuition about what rationality is like i don't think intuition and rationality can be you know looked at two separate forms of uh, understanding they're not mutually exclusive yeah yeah i mean that that completely makes sense to me you know but the thing is that there i think there are two types of rationality that we really need to consider rationality when making decisions and rationality when knowing what the truth is right yeah you know so when one believes that something is rational Mm -hmm. they believe that it is the truth right Mm -hmm. when one makes a decision about something that's rational it's what they believe to be the right path right you know i think those are fundamentally different things and what we're really debating over here is the rationality of truth Right. The Mm. idea that um, certain. Well, yeah, it's the idea that certain truths are, well, to certain people, more truthful than others. Certain narratives are more truthful or more or more rational Hmm. than others to certain people. But common consensus. I just have one question uh, to clarify your argument, which you're making. Do you believe that rationality and truth work in conjunction and like truth is dependent on rationality and rationality is dependent on the truth i think that truth is a product of one's rational thinking which you said is subjective Hmm. right so truth Hmm. itself to each person is subjective what is fact and what is not yes because it's a product of one's basic beliefs Agreed. You know, the way that one looks at the world. Agreed. But that's the, really interesting, though. I think that doesn't that go against our very inherent beliefs where we think that there is only absolute truth and nothing else. No, it goes against your head. Well, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, but yeah, Soam is right. It does go against the general conception of what truth is, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't know if I'm right, but then again... Right. No one can really know if I'm right. I just believe I'm right. I think this conversation is going in a very metaphysical and very uh, ideological path, which will become very difficult. So I think we should contextualize it. I, and I contextualize agree it with you. I, with I consp- agree with like, you on that front. With this conspiracy theories and the idea which the podcast really started with of what conspiracy theories have popped up and why these conspiracy theories have popped up and what is the role of conspiracy theories in shaping society currently and is there any good which can come out from conspiracy theories so i think before we start on that 
वी शुड रियली टॉक अबाउट एंड गिव एन एग्जाम्पल ऑफ अ करंट कंस्पिरसी थ्योरी एंड एज यू ऑल नो इट्स क्वाइट फेमसली नोन दैट चाइना इंट्रोड्यूस्ड करोना वायरस एज अ बायोलॉजिकल वेपन एंड आई एम आई डोंट इट्स साउंड वीयर टू से बट लाइक देर हैव बीन सो मैनी अगैन नॉट प्रमोटिंग और सपोर्टिंग इट बट अगैन अंडरस्टैंडिंग इट इन सो कॉल्ड रैशनल मैथड देर इज अ सर्टन फॉर्म ऑफ लॉजिकल कोहरेंस इन दिस आर्ग्यूमेंट लेट मी गिव यू द फर्स्ट एग्जाम्पल ऑफ मास्क डिप्लोमेसी सो इट्स क्वाइट वियर दैट दो चाइना इज द वन विच where this virus started from is arguably one of the worst hit countries china's soft power and for the people who don't know soft power for refers to the kind of control a government a country has over other countries and the people there china's soft power has immensely increased through corona virus and this is because they hold the largest production to masks corona virus depends on a lot of general medicine and they hold one of the largest production capabilities of generic medicines and china is one of the few countries which had such a high population that even with a sizable percentage gone their labor force isn't completely depleted and especially because of the fact that only people who had reached a certain age i think 60 is that the age after which the uh, mortality rate doubles or i could be wrong there is a certain age where the mortality rate doubles uh so the fact that those are the people dying who are really not that effective for the workforce itself and china is dependent on cheap labor and the fact is masks and generic medicines as i mentioned are very dependent on this cheap labor and then further how disruptive and how destructive coronavirus has been in the united states of america i think we've reached a point where america has been worse hit than any other country china italy and all these countries weren't as badly impacted by the coronavirus as america is right now and in a way the coronavirus has truly helped the chinese economy and actually just caused hindrance to the west whereas further strengthening the power of china so i think that is a rationale again in quotes argument to understanding how coronavirus can be perceived as a biological weapon but yeah i really want your guys opinion on what do you think is the validity in this theory Hmm. I think that it's definitely a valid theory. Like the thing is it's definitely the most valid theory I've heard about coronavirus. Hmm. At least compared to some of the other stuff that's like been floating around. <laughs> True. You know. Um because the thing is that China probably has the capabilities to produce a biological weapon because of its economic power, you know. One thing that's most suspicious to me is that the data has shown that they I mean their data has shown that their the amount of coronavirus they've basically been able to contain the virus like pretty well hmm. at least compared to the United States and other western countries which really didn't take it seriously right hmm. and to me that indicates that you know and they were able to put up all these hospitals really quick initially there was this um you know, but you know regardless um it seems to me that they had everything in place at the right time to make it seem like you know like i think that if china wasn't affected at all by the virus what was the origin there would be some suspicion yeah but, right you know it's like so they play they, to the they narrative had, they yeah they've created this they is 
it's possible that they created this narrative that the virus hit their hit their country bad and then they were just able to rebound really quick like mm. um not really sure whether or not that's i mean of course it's just my rationale as to why this theory would work out but i mean it, it make it does make a lot of sense right because now it's going to be really really hard for the united states to recover uh, it seems like it seems like it's going to become somewhat of a cycle the united states never really closed down and yes we saw a decrease in cases for some t- decrease in the rate at which cases were increasing for some time but mm-hmm. because people got more comfortable the cases spiked again and i'm sure that we're going to see some more restrictions be imposed and after a while people are going to get more relaxed and again it's like a cycle which of the starting yeah yeah exactly it's i i don't know i feel like this was an opportune moment for china because they knew how incompetent our government is i mean i think talking about um going back to the conspiracy theory itself um i what i find interesting are in order for a conspiracy theory to really be successful it has to uh, fulfill two key requirements the first one mm-hmm. is that it needs to be it needs to have like a quote unquote easy target or an evil that everyone can vilify and secondly in a um a critical mass or in or in easier terms a certain amount of people need to believe in it so that it becomes mm. the, the truth and you know how we just spoke about the truth being subjective if enough people believe in one thing that becomes the truth essentially um with the case and with the coronavirus what happened was i think the reason why so many people believe in it is because it's easy to believe um china really has not yeah. done much to get people on china's side right so they are they are an enemy that they are easy to uh be seen as an enemy to see as an enemy and secondly i think with you have heads of government saying that it was china's fault for example president trump saying that it was made in a lab in wuhan um when you have people at positions of power saying this obviously mm-hmm. there are going to be people who will um think that this is the truth and the thing is i think all of this has caused this conspiracy theory to grow in a yeah. pace much greater than other conspiracy theories have grown and i think also think about the cases itself right the number of cases within china i think mm. the last count was like what around 80000 cases um that's no, that's not even close to the amount of cases that are in the us russia china india russia um india and other countries so it just seems impossible that china where the virus um where the virus originated from had only 80000 cases and then on top of that you have other sources of news for example you had china saying that you had reports of the who taking money from china stuff like that so i think there's just so much misinformation um there's just so many things that go against china in this regard as well as the actions of the chinese government which have not helped mm-hmm. people's views according to them and i think all of this has really helped grow this um, grow this conspiracy theory to unimaginable levels okay but do you think the onus lies on china into 
uh, dismissing the theory and like it again it doesn't help the fact that China is literally like on the brink not on the brink but like they have taken certain actions on the Indian border which can be considered even more questionable especially during it during this time like taking actions like you know I, I don't remember what they exactly did but there were certain uh, army movements across the border which can be considered as uh, gearing for war and um, I think it's quite I think it's China has also played and kind of China's kind of accepting their role as the villain mm-hmm. and it's especially in a time like this like let me let's let's go back to like the world war right and the fact is that when the war ended though against their will the Germans were forced to accept uh how do you accept um the fact that they were the cause of the war and the deaths, right? Right. And I think it's quite similar that way, that the whole world is looking for a way to pin uh, cause and pin uh, one individual, not an individual, a country, the blame for something which, okay, a virus, like, if you look at it, uh, and compared to other viruses, viruses tend to be something which are not really through humans' fault, but rather just, end up happening as part it's very natural for viruses to spread right Hmm. so i think the fact is that because china is a avidly not accepted any grief and hasn't shown grief Hmm. uh and they have kind of used this time of coronavirus as a polit as a method of political gain that they've furthered themselves and they furthered themselves in this villainized role which you also mentioned and that's really been the reason why conspiracy conspiracy theories have grown because I think another reason why people use conspiracy theories, which though not to, I really don't want to go in this, but like similarly to religion, people try, okay, this is going to be, please do not cancel me because I said religion, uh, uh, but similar to religion, people try to find a logical justification, which takes away blame from themselves, which kind of leads me to my first point about why conspiracy theories grow and it's because people are trying to shift blame and find themselves to be a victim and let's be honest in a state of pandemic there is no victim and there is no perpetrator it's rather in my opinion the course of nature taking its place yes there were certain actions governments can do to minimize it and there were certain actions which governments took which were not the best but at the end of the day it is rather a natural phenomena which has happened and sooner or later as bill gates said in one of his speeches it was bound to happen or not speech in interview so mm-hmm. i think the main reason why china this conspiracy theory especially has been propped up is because people have an easy out to blame someone and as you said people have an easy method of villainizing someone which is really perpetrated in this theory and which is something which like which is a core reason why in my opinion at least conspiracy conspiracy theories themselves show and themselves grow because people f- want to act like the world's against them or they have they want to identify an enemy to work against rather than understanding that problems happen due to innate pro- due to innate natural causes and causes which at some point cannot be explained through our current knowledge and which is something which highly exists in coronavirus no one really knows like even there has not been enough experimentation and enough research to make very like you know firm guidelines and firm decisions on what should happen therefore it's easier 
to construct the information in a method that you can millionize someone but mm-hmm. yeah i think that's at least why i think this theory has really been propped up and really you know found a huge backing in fact yeah so you guys believe that china has sort of like inherited a villain role in the virus in the spread of the virus i think people, you know like it, the virus originated from there so yeah. people and the fact that china hasn't really be according well according to you guys hasn't really behaved appropriately during this crisis is why people are sort of not really uh, yeah well well sort of are pinning this uh, have this is why this conspiracy theory has taken off yeah definitely I mean, china has not in my opinion at least i think china what happened was china has not given any reason for the world to believe otherwise right mm. um whether it is their predatory behavior with their neighbors or um just generally just historical factors even um we know that mm-hmm. sar i don't know the old sars virus SARS 2003 yeah yeah that originated in china and then now reports are coming out of a second uh virus that swine flu yeah that is also swine flu um that might be and that might also take the shape of another pandemic so all of this is just strengthening the this conspiracy theory right i don't know man it for, for me like you know i'm not exactly sure if china has taken the role of a villain but you know for me what makes this a conspiracy theory that's a little bit easier to believe is because you know preben you mentioned that um it's only natural for a virus it's only it's only natural for a virus to spread yeah. which is what sort of tips me off about china Ch- where where the virus first like started spreading it's a pretty densely populated area hmm. right hmm. but it did anything but spread you know you could chalk this up to the control of the government overall over its people and stuff like that but yeah. the thing is that it is a little bit suspicious that it only spread to the degree that it did interesting that's that's what really that's that's what for me really sort of like makes it sort of makes it seem like china had at least a little bit of you know and the fact that they suppress the information about the virus mm. in the because you know it's possible that they release the virus early and allowed it to spread to other countries that's why they suppress the information early on in december hmm. um i actually so this is i think where we can actually go towards of why conspiracy theories and how they form do you think like what we're doing especially right now is a form of over evaluation and over analyzing and do you think that has been a key reason to why at least i think so this has been a key reason to why these virus, these conspiracy theories have really propped up because people have right a they have so much free time on their hand and since it's such a pressing issue and it's all the inf- all the information you you were shown for at least 3 months was just about coronavirus it led to a lot of over analyzation and i think that's something which we are also falling prey to right now and that is exactly why conspiracy theories as a whole grow and further why this conspiracy theory grew because there is people who are over analyzing every movement which is happening and every thing which maybe i don't like maybe china didn't even think so far maybe they just like everyone else was just trying to contain a virus which 
happened to start in their country could have been any other country where this virus started mm-hmm. hmm. i think the thing is that it definitely seems like people want to believe um people definitely want to confirm their beliefs right? right because even if you analyze something or overanalyze something a lot of times you're looking for something my analysis of the situation right now completely precludes the fact that it originated in a fish market in wuhan right mm. i mean sometimes you just want to like i mean that's the supposed source of the virus at least right so and the thing is that all my arguments right now have been in in favor of this conspiracy theory because I want to see what sort of facts prove this, right? Rather than not look at the facts that mm-hmm. disprove this. So I think that, you know, when you say, I think, I don't think there is a thing as overanalyzing, honestly, mm-hmm. because I think it's good to have, as we've mentioned on this podcast, I think it's good to have a healthy skepticism <laughs> of what's going on in the world, yeah. right? To analyze. But you know, the thing is that in this case, it's really not an, ana- it's not an analysis it's a negotiation of the facts towards your beliefs. Hmm. So, uh, you know how you, you mentioned that there should be a healthy form of spe- skepticism, but like, don't you think to a certain way this is becoming unhealthy where people aren't, are no longer really focusing on, on how to mitigate the virus, but are focusing on finding the root Pinning cause of the someone? virus. And like, ag- this leads to, you know, the fact that people are just trying to find someone to blame on th- so they can say that, oh, China is the reason why I'm being forced to sit in my house and mm-hmm. not go out. And like, it's just people are trying to force a causality which might not exist. Yeah, so I think... No, and and, and I, wait, saying, I forgot right? to add this. I forgot to completely add this. Uh, <laughs> do you think that what... And what we did right now was a form of com- confirmation bias, right? Mm-hmm. And especially with, you admitted it yourself, you're only looking at the facts which further your claim. Yeah, yeah. And that is the bread and butter of conspiracy theories. They look for anything which will confirm to their opinion. They will negate all facts, but except one fact which will support their theory. So, Wait, so what's the question? My question is that, is again going back to the fact that I, it's not really a question, but rather I think that uh, we as society and we as individuals right now have especially due to social media and due to the fact that everyone can keep voicing their opinion and there is so much information being put onto you everyone is so over analytical and over critical and there needs to be a point where we need to bring back good old blind faith and good old ignorance right uh, yeah. but what do I you guys know. think like for me it doesn't seem like skeptic sorry I'm just gonna I'm gonna say one thing. For yeah. me, it doesn't seem like skepticism. For me, it just feels like, um, you know, it just. Fe- I I said it before. It feels like confirmation, like a confirmation bias thing, hmm. right? Where you just are looking for a fact, for facts. What I mean by skepticism is really questioning the situation, like as a whole, not like not just the fact, not just like the facts which are presented to you, but mm. also your own beliefs of mm. the facts. That's what skepticism means to me. Yeah. Right? That's what analyzing means to me. It really, analyzing, 90% of analysis is based, for me, is based on questioning your own beliefs. Mm. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, so on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think I would rather agree with Prevan on this. I think, you know, um, especially 
I would bring in the prevalence of social media in this. I think every Indian child knows how detrimental WhatsApp has been to our parents. Um, everyone knows. <laughs> I mean, uh, we should call our parents' generation the WhatsApp generation because that's where they get their news from. Um, and I think, given that everyone's talking about this and how quickly they can just spread their views around to each other. I think it really leads, it really gives people a platform to um, spread any kind of view that they have. And with that, they can also rationalize why they think in that sort of a way. And all of that really helps spread most of misinformation most of the time. And as Bill Gates said, um, one of the key reasons why the pandemic has been, has been affecting us so adversely is because of misinformation on social media. And I think mm-hmm. Preben was bang on with his answer about, uh, with, yeah, I think Preben is, uh, really hits it right on the spot with uh, his explanation of why uh, the conspiracy theories have been growing at a rapid pace these days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, sorry, Preben, could you, what yeah. was your explanation again? I'm so sorry. So my explanation for why this virus, like this conspiracy theory, sorry, has been spreading is because people have the time to overanalyze and they're trying to, you know, victimize themselves. And I I think it'll be very interesting to look into the background of conspiracy theories and where conspiracy theories really started. Uh, and so that brings me to the fact that the first time conspiracy theories really started was during the era of enlightenment and for the people who don't know the era of enlightenment was this movement of reformation which took away this concept of blind faith from the church and gave people the want and promoted people to question everything and not just you know stop and not just blindly believe in what is being told to them and that is really where conspiracy theories came from the Conspiracy theories is nothing more than people questioning everything which is being told to them, right? Mm. But I think that we as society, if we keep doing this, we A, land into a place where no one has any concept of what is right and wrong, which is extremely detrimental to society uh, in multiple facets. But also we lead to a point where there is over cynicism and over evaluation of everything where there is no concept of truth which is quite dangerous and I think there needs to be a rail back and we need to have a concept where there needs to be an acceptance of blind faith at some point and this blind faith though has a very negative uh, a very negative connotation given towards it I don't think it, it should be looked at it that way blind faith is rather what keeps society structured together and that is why religion has been so successful because people who believe in have this blind faith they have there is a form of you know cohesion and there is a form of well accepted truth and if this doesn't exist which which is literally what conspiracy theories do they keep attacking this form of pre-existing truth and what is accepted to be true in society is quite dangerous and that is exactly what is happening with coronavirus why are people going out in the streets and there have been protests in Australia against the lockdown and, and there have been protests in multiple countries because people keep questioning what, society, what the government is throwing at them as fact and what the government is throwing at them as the remedy, right? 
there's a huge movement where people are claiming that coronavirus isn't even a virus which is mad in my opinion but i mean if you're in you that that comes from your constant questioning of everything which is unhealthy in na- nature and inherently destructive i i uh, i'm going to disagree with you on the destructive thing but you know like maybe maybe i can try to understand your point a little bit better right now um before i sort of make my argument so you're just saying that if people do not have this blind faith hmm. in something right whatever it is yeah. it's not it's it's not fruitful for society because yeah. um it there is no structure there it, i mean it leads to lack of coherence or what is it exactly it leads to a like so that's when my question my reason for why there should be blind faith is because otherwise there is no concept of truth right uh and this blind faith is not just for like ideas and religion it's for science too you need to put your faith in science in order to accept what's hap- what the theories presented in science there so if someone just does not just decides that all scientific data is wrong and that we're being fed lies through science and does not believe and does not put faith in science that is also detrimental so in my opinion this like blind faith though it has been uh, historically been uh, given the correlation with religion it has to be given uh, it has to be understood that blind faith can be in anything and everything and at the the fact remains that there needs to be a form of blind faith and this is kind of what machiavelli was also talking about again i'm i'm sorry if you guys don't know about this and the people who are listening don't know about this but machiavelli said that and machiavelli was a huge believer in the fact that there needs to be uh, narratives uh presented by government in order to get people support which is extremely true if there is no inherent agreement of what is wrong in the country then whatever the government is doing will not be considered to be useful and people will keep questioning it and if we keep questioning it there will be no progress in my opinion i think the only way that there is progress though is that if it's questioned i mean you're talking about blind faith in the go- you talked about a little bit of bl- blind faith in the government the problem is that the government itself is fragmented on one hand you have donald trump saying oh everything's going to be okay and stuff like that take this um forget i forget what the name of that malaria drug is but take take uh, the malaria drug and you'll be okay mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah like chloroquine or something hydroxychloroquine like yeah uh, hydroxychloroquine yeah and you'll be okay and then you know a lot of well even though there isn't much scientific data to necessarily back that claim up right hmm. you know and then but at the same time you want so on one hand i don't want to listen to donald trump but at, on the other hand i want to listen to the cdc right because yeah. to me it seems like the cdc knows what it's talking about to me okay. it just seems like okay. what you're wait, saying wait, 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 is wait, wait. i have one quick question regarding this yeah So isn't this you putting your faith in the CDC rather than Donald Trump? No, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I'm putting my faith in the CDC. I'm putting my faith in the CDC and not Donald Trump. But I feel like what you're saying is we have to we're effectively regulating what people put their faith in, which doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. I don't I think that's that, that's not Roman what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. Okay. okay. I'm saying that. Sorry, could you I so 
here's the thing the point i'm trying to make is that there needs to be a line where which needs to be drawn where people move away from this over questioning and you know questioning everything and there needs to be i'm i don't really do not want to define what this faith should be put on but there needs to be something may it be science may it be the government's agenda or may it be religion there needs to be a form of universal truth which is accepted and this truth has to be very so by all people yes i at least in my opinion because if there's this the 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 universal truth doesn't exist then there will be no uh then the de- development is highly hampered because if there is no universal truth then people will not be you know agreeing on and even the basic actions so like let me give you an example with coronavirus itself with the people who are questioning the legitimacy of the virus they're the ones who are going ahead and uh, you know not following the rules which have been given mm-hmm. which is like com- social distancing and all of it right? yeah which is extremely dangerous right and a lot of this comes from you know this teenage rebellion of uh, defying the government right so i think that is the issue which with the virus that these conspiracy theories have allowed people to question everything so much that even people who are doing stuff and even actions by the government which are for the good of people are not being followed and we can keep discussing on why conspiracy theory why why this blind faith is right or wrong but like it will end up in a very circular and a very Yeah, um, I agree. I don't think I agree with you on that. Because we will move on to we'll keep talking about, you know, how there is no like I will keep saying that there is a need of faith whereas an argument can be made for why not you can't put faith on anything today. I mean, so I yeah. think we should really move on from this and uh but at the same time I want to keep talking right. about the concept of conspiracy theories as a whole. And uh what so do you think I want you guys to uh think about this so something which i read is that the personality traits such as openness to experience distrust low agreeability and machiavellianism machiavellianism refers to the belief that the machiavellianism is people who believe that everything is a calculated move against them or everything is a calculated move these are the kind of personality traits which are more likely to uh have conspiracy be associated with people who believe in conspiracies so do you think there is this innate connection between the two of how one psychology works and their likeliness to believe in a conspiracy theory yeah i don't know i'm not a psychologist i mean yeah i mean, I, yeah, I, I agree <laughs> we're not psychologists but like it's it's interesting to like uh, talk about the kind of mindset which people have when they start approaching these conspiracy theories and especially with coronavirus like why do you think like what what mindset is driving people to towards these theories rather than what the government and what seems again in quotes rational and logical why don't wait i have a question let's let's talk about something i think it's best if we relate rather than being something theor- doing something theoretical yeah. let's relate it to our lives so i'm said sure. earlier that our parents are like the whatsapp generation right influenced so constantly by whatsapp and mm-hmm. i agree with that right i think earlier so almost telling me that some people believe that uh these phones and stuff like all these airpods and wireless devices are bad for you because they emit like radiation and stuff like that they all these uh, what's it called wireless waves they mess with your 
like immune system and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And I think it's really interesting that if we approach this question from that perspective, right? Because that that's exactly what people are saying about coronavirus and 5G as well, right? Because mm. 5G weakens the immune system towards coronavirus and stuff like mm. that. So what exact so in your parents experience or like in your experience what has sort of affected your like family or who you know you know with this with these types of things like what do you think makes it like that right um, right so um, since he gave your example i think we could if you start this off no i think um one thing is again i think that's good in a way that all of this all of these conspiracy theories help create discussions but also at the same mm. time they're making people believe in things that are just not true right or that have not been proven yet and i think what's happening is um especially with whatsapp and facebook and all of these other sources of misinformation um that it's becoming harder to stop them from being spread and it's yeah. being it's much harder now to stop people from thinking to prove people that what they're thinking about is wrong right and i think day by day the truth is becoming a lot more subjective um and i think i would want i want to bring back uh, i want to take us back to something we were talking about a bit earlier about how about the point that preben made right about how um well i just forgot i lost my train of thought there but <laughs> about how preben was talking about what preben was talking about a few uh times ago some time ago where he was talking about putting blind faith in some things such as science and i don't think and i think that's what's happening here right technically a few people are putting their blind faith into facebook into whatsapp into things that they think are these legitimate sources of um information and i think that's where preben was wrong because i think we need to teach people to have a healthy skepticism as we always say in our podcast uh we need to teach them to question everything um and not blindly mm-hmm. trust anything that they learn i mean think about the fact especially you mentioned how we should we should probably blindly trust uh science sometimes right but i don't agree with that because if darwin had blindly trusted science of his time he wouldn't have gone on to find to gone on to write about evolution right he would have just believed that science that man was made of sand or whatever and the same can be thought about so many other scientific theories like physics initially we had classical physics now we have quantum physics so i think the truth and what we consider to be truth keeps changing and we need we also need to train today's generation about that and i think especially with social media and other forms of um social media etc we have to be more careful than ever before to build this skepticism in all of our listeners and just generally in our world um yeah we, uh, uh, i completely agree with soham i just want to say that before like um, we wrap this up like when i talk about blind faith i do not again i'm not saying put blind faith in any institution but i'm saying that there needs right. to be a line which is drawn to where uh, your skepticism ends 
because skepticism can be healthy and unhealthy and i think unhealthy skepticism is what has given rise to these conspiracy theories and which is and i think it's quite clear as by the examples we state conspiracy theories can be dangerous for society mm-hmm. unless you guys disagree uh, yeah definitely so but then again that's just our lens because the thing is what looks like conspiracy theory to us isn't a conspiracy theory exactly for sure that's true that's true i i agree that everyone has a belief system through which there could at the end of the day as again quoting someone um as i think popper said and i quote that conspiracy theory i don't quote i mean i'm rephrasing uh it's basically a some a misconstrued uh understanding of social phenomena right uh and this is exact uh, yeah so a misconstrued mistaken approach to the explanation of a social phenomena which is i think quite well uh, encapsulates this idea of conspiracy theories and again get, takes back to the fact that i think this misconstructed approach to explanation happens when you start over analyzing and try to force causality which doesn't exist hmm. and like at least i want to end my argument by saying that it is up to every individual to really find a healthy divide between skepticism and faith right because mm-hmm. either of either or is an extremely dangerous like plato said with his uh, vices and virtues that it is about finding the middle ground between everything especially in this case because if you're overly blind if you're just promoting blind faith as has been seen in history with the rise of religion with the rise of uh, cults and other ideas which were and other notions which the mass accepted though were completely wrong it is dangerous but at the same time through conspiracy theories we can see that even unhealthy skepticism is dangerous right as is being seen in australia right now where people are uh, where people have you know um, uh, where people have come out and protested and rioted against not rioted but protested against uh the lockdown or or can be seen in uk and netherlands where they have burned down 5g pillars which is really stupid stupid <laughs> like so i think like at least for me the main idea which really is which can be taken away from this is that for every individual they need to find that healthy balance and i think we are all ourselves in search of that healthy balance right yeah i mean we're always cons- we're constantly negotiating that line for sure last year i went Yeah, last year I went through like a crazy period where I questioned literally every single one of my beliefs, every single thing that society, every single thing in society, and it just wasn't a really healthy. Like it was fine, but honestly, after I sort of accepted that, you know, we all go along our like along our journey with certain beliefs that mm-hmm. may change and morph over time, I will it was a little bit better for me because yeah. for me I sort of realized that there isn't an absolute truth which i can accept right there mm-hmm. isn't something something which is the best or you know the most true yeah i think but yeah um i agree with what both of you said i think um what i would a point that i would want to make is that at the end of the day uh, conspiracy theories are not inherently bad in nature i believe that they have a lot of good things Uh, going for them as well. I think they tap into the societal fear that we all feel that we all feel 
each and every day, especially right now with the ongoing pandemic. And I think that it's really important um, that, and to a certain extent, these conspiracy theories, they go uh, a long way to address that. They address our knowledge gaps um, by, you know, although the answers are probably not right, but they still give us sort of answers to things that we don't know about, right? Um, for example, we don't really know about 5G or we don't know anything. We don't know much about the virus. So by giving us supposed, by giving us, even though answers which are not true, it at the end of the day, it still gives us answers and answers true. some of our curiosity, right? And I think another point is that it really helps people to fit in, right? By when everyone believes in something, I think you feel like you're a part of a group. Um, stuff like that so mm-hmm. I think overall I think um, theories don't are not that are not inherently bad it's just their use um, mm. whenever you hear a theory you need to be skeptical about it it's important that you do your own research and that you don't go blindly trusting any source that you read about and I think that's true for any sort of news that we read today in today's world right yeah definitely um i think you pretty much summed up at least like maybe the arguments which we all made um and uh, so i think it's time we end the podcast and the second episode unless you guys want to add on to something no i think i'm good right so uh, yeah. again thank you for listening to the second episode of the press release podcast Follow us on Insta at prs.release. Uh, that's P- press.release. That's prs.release. Uh, currently, we're on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Pocket Casts, and quite a few um, sources. So it's it's quite easy to share our us, and I would love it if you guys would share our uh, podcast. Since it's not only for you know. We just, it's not, we're not sharing, we're not here to share just because of promotion, but we also want everyone's views. And that is, I think, the main goal that we want other people's opinions. I think it was great. Like, I talked to a few people who I wouldn't have talked to usually uh, due to this podcast. And it was great to hear opinions. And I would promote that. And I would love to hear everyone's opinions. So, yeah. mm-hmm. and again, yeah, as I would just like to add, yeah. add on to Previn a little bit. You know, on Instagram, we'll be putting up a post for about the second podcast where you can put all your comments about the podcast that you listened to today and um, a full discussion section about the topic at hand. You know, if you have anything to add to the discussion and on and on YouTube. Yeah. As for the first one, yeah. we'll be doing this for every podcast. So once again, thank you for watching. And hope you have a well-informed day. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time. Adios. XOXO. <laughs> <laughs>